Hype Beast Radio. I'm Jeff Staple, and this is the Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. What's up, everyone? Jeff Staple here, and welcome to the Business of Hype. On this week's episode, we are going to do something a little bit different than my usual in-studio recordings. We are actually coming live from a virtual panel hosted by Omen. I had the honor of hosting a discussion with two leading figures in the current technology and gaming space. For those of you who don't know about Omen, it's HP's premier gaming line of laptops, desktops, and accessories. And yes, HP, as in the tech giant Hewlett Packard. So today's guests are no strangers to the immense change our culture is facing when it comes to gaming. First, I have Daryl Butler, who's a marketing connoisseur having a quarter century of experience under his belt, working at Nike, Beats by Dre, and currently heading up marketing at HP. And then we have Nikan Nadim, also known as FaZe Nikan, who plays a huge role in shaping the creative concepts that FaZe Clan uses for their main channel videos. While gaming has always been popular, I mean, think back to the good old days of Atari and Nintendo Game Boy, but unless you've been living under a rock, you know that in recent years, the onset of esports has skyrocketed this industry. Companies like FaZe Clan are the early innovators behind this. They're an esports team, a media company, and a marketing agency all in one. Not to mention, they have a healthy apparel line, an in-house production studio, a talent management business, a sales team, and so much more. Gaming isn't what it was in the past. You know, that hobby that was seen by your parents as procrastination from your real work. Well, if any of you stuck with it, it is now a billion dollar industry expected to surpass more viewership than the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA. As we currently face an unprecedented time, now more than ever, gaming has been the way people have remained connected through social distancing. As Daryl and Nikon both say themselves, Everyone's a gamer, but some people just don't know it yet. So let's get into this week's live panel discussion brought to you by Omen with Daryl Butler of HP and Nika Nadim of FaZe Clan. What's up, everyone? My name is Jeff Staple. I'm the founder and creative director of Staple Design. We're a streetwear brand with over two decades of experience in the game. We're also a creative agency based in New York City with clients all over the planet. And we've been behind some of the most important collaborations in footwear and fashion. In addition to that, I'm also the creator and host of Hype Beast Radio's podcast, The Business of Hype. This is where I speak with entrepreneurs and creators all over the world, and we discuss the realities behind the dreams that they've built. And I'm very excited to be moderating today's talk. So... While everyone is safe and in their homes socially distancing, today Hypebeast will be exploring how gaming is transcending into new historic boundaries. It is well on its way to a wider world of traditional, even bigger than traditional sports. And a lot of this has been done through collaborations, partnerships with teams, tournaments, and massive sportswear companies are getting involved like Nike and Adidas. This discussion today will bridge the gap between traditional niche gaming culture and the increasingly ubiquitous nature of gaming in our everyday lives. By the way, also feel free to ask questions throughout this chat. 
we will pull these questions from the chat. And at the end of the talk, we're going to be asking some of the questions that you guys have fielded in. All right. So let's get into who our esteemed panelists are today. So first up, we have Daryl Butler. Having 25 years in marketing, sales, and finance, Daryl has worked for iconic cultural brands such as Nike, Beats by Dre, and Brand Jordan. Currently, he's working as the head of marketing for U.S. Consumer Personal Systems for HP. And Daryl taps into his experience of working with youth culture in creating experiences in cultural spaces such as the very popular HP activations at Coachella and the Omen Gaming Lab Test Activation at TwitchCon. Everyone, welcome Daryl to the house. Thanks for being here, Daryl. What's up? Glad to be here. And then we have FaZe Nikon in the house, known to his close family as Nikon Nadim. FaZe Nikon plays a large role in shaping the creative concept that FaZe Clan uses for their main channel videos. Nikon began his journey with FaZe Clan actually as a graphic designer, and then eventually transitioned into a talent of his own, using his YouTube and social channels. Since Nikon started as a graphic designer, he has always been passionate about aesthetics and the way things look and feel. And being that I'm a trained graphic designer too, I'm extremely excited to talk to him about how he sees the future of the industry. Welcome, man. How you doing? What up, man? what up? I'm good, I'm good. I'm excited to get this going. Yeah, thanks for joining us. For sure. All right, let's 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 uh, let's hop right into it. So, uh, Daryl, I'm gonna start with you, man. Um, what events or trends have you been seeing in the gaming community in the last few months or you know year that have catalyzed its rise? Why do you think right now the popularity for gaming is at an all-time high? Well, I think, first of all, it's just because it's a cultural norm and everyone is starting to understand how much of a cultural norm gaming really is. It is as much as it might have been a, a basement type of activity at some point. The fact of the matter is everybody's a gamer. Some people just don't know it yet. Right. And what we've seen over the course of the last couple of years and definitely over the last uh, six months since COVID-19 is just this concept of community and the idea that there's far more things that gamers have in common with uh, with mainstream culture than there are differences. And it's just starting to show itself mm -hmm. in, in the way that these communities are starting to mature, grow and 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 interact. Word. Right now, you know, we're, we're obviously in like some really unprecedented times, right? How has the COVID pandemic increased interest in gaming even further? Um, and how do you maintain that momentum when we go back to normal life, hopefully? Well, from where I see it, everybody being locked down meant that technology is the only way that you're going to connect with your friends and your community, which is, again, a natural behavior in, in a lot of ways. Um, but it's been expedited and maybe even um, expanded on uh, because of the requirement to be, you know, sheltering in place. And if you ask me, all, I've, all it's really done is just shed more light on the idea that community is not just physical, right? The idea that you can stay connected, that you can be in touch and that you can have that relationship extends beyond just physically being in spaces. So I think this is going to be um, a little bit of a, a new norm and where we will see the idea of globe, uh, a global uh, connection, as opposed to just being physically defined by, you know, some specific geography. Yeah. You know, not only do we have this like medical virus affecting us, but we have another virus affecting us, which is the virus of racism that has recently really reared its ugly head. Yeah. What is the gaming community's role in, in the recent Black Lives Matter movement and um, all the political uprising that's been happening? 
well, my point of view when it comes to this idea of systemic racism is that culture and community plays such a significant role because, and you can attest to this, you both can, um, what we do in the, in the space of culture sets trends. We're the, probably the most progressive in terms of the way that we think. We're the most progressive in the, in the way that we act. And we're the most progressive in actually putting boots on the ground to actually affect change. So if you think about where this change is going to come from, um, it's going to come from people that are, that are living, breathing, and acting in the cultural spaces. These communities are the ones that are going to actually uh, change the world. And, you know, what we're seeing is that right now with any of these movements and, and folks being mobilized, it's coming from from this this uh, this community. I, I've heard a bit about Omen's Play to Progress initiative. What is that about? Well, it's our way of actually being more uh, inclusive when we think about gaming. I mentioned earlier and we talked about this idea that, you know, gamers collect sneakers. They're into hip hop. They're into music. They're into fashion. They're into art. Um, so to, um, to segregate gaming as an isolated group is not doing it, it's, it's, it's service. I mean, it is, it's, it's vast, it's huge. And one of the things that we understand about the gaming community is that it's all about progression. It's all about getting better. And what we want to do is make sure that we're being as inclusive when it comes to this audience as possible, that everybody wants to play to get better. And everybody wants to play to continue to grow their community and the, and the connections that they have within the community. Word. All right, let's switch gears to Nikon and let's talk about FaZe a little bit. For um, sure. Nikon, how have you seen FaZe Clan grow in the last year? I mean, it's been, it's been insane. I, your, your, your crew's name has just been in the headlines like seemingly every day. How's the last year been? Yeah, um, like you just said, I, I just feel like, I mean, the year is what, five, six months in right now? And um, obviously with COVID and everything that's been going on, it's, it's kind of paused a bunch of things that we kind of wanted to do, but I don't think that it stopped us from growing. Um, I feel like I wake up every single day and I get a text from my manager. I get a text from everybody in phase and they're just like, yeah, this is happening today or we're collabing with this brand. This is about to get announced. We have to do a photo shoot for this. Uh, we have to do an activation for that. So I just think um, it really shows um, how important gaming is, I think. And I think it's just so small right now still. Um, even with all these things that we're doing, I just think it's super, super small. But um, the growth has been insane. And I always tell everybody, like, it feels like every year just keeps going by faster and faster and faster because we yeah. just keep – we have so much to do. So it's it's really amazing to see everyone just kind of coming together. I feel like FaZe Clan back then um, was a super, super – tight-knit group and now i feel like we've just been in touch with our fans way more and just uh a bunch of other people who we've, who we've been uh, collaborating with like they're really starting to realize like okay like this stuff is super serious and they can they can actually have a huge impact on different communities and honestly the world so how think, uh, how and when did you guys recognize that you could go bigger and deeper like this what was it a conscious decision or is it all organic um, the, see, that's the amazing thing about phase is that everything came so organic to us. Like we didn't try to do anything. We didn't try to push anything or anything like that. We were all living around the world. Some of us were in Europe. Some of us were in Canada, um, and in the U S obviously. And we all just came together and we're like, uh, let's just try to go and move into a house together in New York and see what happens. <laughs> and we had no plans of any of this happening. We had no plans of having all these people working for us and being able to work with 
beats by Dre, being able to work with Man City, Offset, Ben Simmons, all these crazy athletes and musicians. It's it's honestly mind blowing. But yeah, uh, we kind of we started uploading vlogs um, and mm-hmm. just kind of putting a face to the content more. And from that point forward, we we're like, holy, like this could actually be something super serious. You you mentioned some of the global scale of of phase now was that also a conscious decision to take over the world uh or did that also happen organically dude like i said i feel like every single day i wake up and there's something new that like like, in a new country too yeah exactly and it's just like and it's just crazy because we have so many different members from all around the world and they're celebrities where they're at you know like I know in the UK, some of our Fortnite players, like they, they'll walk outside and everybody will just be freaking out that they're there. Um, and we just have this huge Fortnite event in New York. And the owner of the shop said that our fan meetup and pop-up was bigger than Kanye's, was bigger than anyone else's pop-up that they had at that store. Crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So looking back from the beginning, how have things changed and what's maybe like remained the same between then and today? So I think the way that we run the business is a little bit different just because at the end of the day, like I feel like some people still don't realize like the, the people in phase, the phase members, like we really don't fully understand the business side of everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit tough for us to kind of run, run the whole business side of it if we really don't know what we're doing. But the whole family aspect of phase and the friendship and everything is still the exact same as it started. And even like with the people that we bring in to help with all that stuff, like we have to have a connection. You know, we don't just like bring people in just because they have some sort of degree or something like that. You know, like it's it's much more personal than I feel like a lot of other communities and different brands are. Yeah. I want to open this up to both of you, but Daryl, maybe you could take this one first. Um, why do you think fashion and lifestyle brands finally realize the impact of gaming culture? Um, you know, how has gaming expanded into these like wider elements? Why all of a sudden did this happen? You think from your side? Uh, well, my opinion is it boils down to reach and scale and engagement, right? You can do something really cool. And you know, this given the fact that you've been doing collabs for a couple of decades, right? The, the amount of people that get a chance to experience that collab is limited to wherever you reach, right? However, however far you can, can reach. When you get into the gaming world, it's limitless, right? You can have millions of people that can engage with your brand uh, through a gaming platform, and you can't recreate that physically. You can't recreate that even through um, the most efficient social programming. Gaming is that space where it becomes virtual but real. And, and, and we've seen it on, on, on so many different occasions. And I think brands are just starting to really realize that you have that kind of engagement with that devoted a fan base uh, on a regular basis. And, you know, the, the results are speaking for themselves. Yeah. Nikon, you got anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, just going off of what Daryl just said, it, it really is limitless. Um, we've kind of realized that we have fans all over the world. Um, and it's not just like one or two fans, you know, it's, it's, you can't even put a number to it. Like we've done collabs with companies in Japan. We've done collabs with companies in the U S and they've all done really, really well. And, um, I feel like these brands are just realizing that if you're going to start working with these gamers, like your reach, like Daryl said, is limitless. Like there is no barrier. There's no block from being able to reach different groups 
And the thing with gamers is that there's not just one type of gamer. There's right. so many different types of gamers. You know, there's people like myself who really take this stuff seriously and it's as a career. And there's people who just sit down on their couch on a Sunday night and they're playing on like a hundred inch TV and they're just trying to have some fun. There's mm-hmm. everyone, everyone is a gamer. That's, yeah. I truly do believe that everyone can sit down and enjoy a game. So mm-hmm. I feel like when these brands see companies working together with uh, gaming companies, they're just going to start realizing that we need to hop on this before it's too late. So it, it might have taken the brands and the companies a while to figure this out. But when did y'all realize that gaming, like we could mess with LV, we could mess with Adidas, like there's no stopping it. Did, did that realization just come recently or did you know that inherently from the beginning? Um, n- honestly, nothing that is happening right now, we could have, we could have predicted at all. <laughs> like, I remember I would wake up every morning in New York and I would be blasting Migos and I'll just be so hyped just to like, listen to their new album or their new song. And now I get the chance to hang out with Offset and like have a actual personal relationship with him. And even just other brands like working it's just crazy because like you grow up wearing these clothes. Like that's why I'm, that's why I feel like Phase is so organic. Like this is these companies that we're working with is things that that we used or we wore growing up. Like I remember again in New York, like uh, someone in Phase named Phase Blaze. He had this beat spill, and we were got so hyped when he got it, and we were like, all right, we're going to be using this thing every single day, nonstop. And that thing took a beating. Like there was dents all over it. Like we would drop it everywhere. We'd bring it all around the world and now we have our own phase beats bill like it's 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 just crazy yeah and now you got your dog is in migos you got a Migo now. <laughs> yeah exactly you <laughs> got a picture with offset yeah <laughs> that's amazing um hey daryl so uh, from the hp side what are you guys working on that supports all of this amazing culture can you walk us through some of the new products that you guys are dropping yeah yeah we've got an entire ecosystem that we reimagined and so i think what you can get from that is that every from from the the color scheme to the logo to the product set, we've reimagined everything. And that's been based on talking to the consumer and, and really getting close to the gaming community and what they love. So, you know, they wanted thin and light laptop, but they wanted the power to not be compromised. We made sure of that. Um, they wanted a, a desktop that could be configured however they want, but they wanted the power of a, of a desktop. We made sure that we delivered on that. Um, they wanted a monitor that was on par with any 4k, you know, TV. And we delivered that mm-hmm. with, uh, with our new 27 I monitor. And then, you know, what we basically said is we have the right partnerships. You know, we, we got to say shout out to Intel, um, because much of the products that we brought to market are, uh, configured with, uh, their I nine, I 10, uh, processor, 10 gen processor. So we've made sure that the products that we deliver, the experience that we deliver, is all about the gaming community at large. And they can come in, whether it's with a laptop, a desktop, or anything else, and, and know that they're going to get the best gaming experience possible. What does the overarching Omen platform represent for HP? What makes it like unique and, and a real cultural standpoint, from a cultural standpoint? Well, I think we want it to be really different from everybody else when you think about where Omen sits relative to all of the other guys out there. And there's some great brands that have been around for a really long time. But what we've said is we want to be about the culture of gaming, not just the competitive nature of gaming, because mm-hmm, the competitive mm-hmm. nature of gaming is, is part of it, right? Um, to use a Nike analogy, right? You can put a dope shoe on LeBron James for him to play in at the professional level. But really what you really want 
is that guy to walk in the Y MCA on Saturday morning and want to wear that same shoe, right? Yeah. And we want to be that type of brand where competitors can appreciate the, the product is set because it delivers on what they expect, but everybody else that wants to game knows that they can game at a high level, even if they're not competing at the highest level. And that's what we were right. after. And that's where you get that broader community. Right. That's dope. All right. So while we've been talking, uh, the viewers have been uh, sending in their questions. We've got a couple of questions um, that we can serve up here. This one, I think, could be good for both of you guys to answer. Um, do you find gaming to be more of an escapism from reality or more of an event that brings people together and builds communities? Or can it be both? I think, um, I think the cool thing with gaming is that it can be whatever you want. Um, I don't think, yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it needs to be one thing or the other. I think if it, it makes you happy and if it takes, it could, again, it could take stress away from you. It can make you happy. It can make you and your friends come together. It could just be you getting away and just focusing on yourself. Um, so honestly, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that there's really a right answer for that. It's just however the person's feeling. Daryl, how about you? Escapism I'm, or building community building? I'm with Nikon on this one. I think it's whatever you want it to be. That's the beautiful thing about gaming as a platform. It can be a place right. to, to go to escape. It could be a place to go to connect. It just depends on what you want to do. And that's, that's what makes it so, uh, so uh, community oriented. That's why everybody wants to get down with it. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, one thing I really, I really do love about it. And I always hear this from my fans and stuff is that they never feel like they're out of place. Um, and that's how I feel too. I just feel like there's like, you can't, we, there's just so many different kinds of people in gaming. Um, there's no wrong person ever, you know, like it doesn't yeah. matter who you are, where you're from. Um, doesn't matter how rich you are, how, whatever, like none of that stuff right. matters when it comes to gaming. Right. Nikon, this one is for you. If you had a career alternative to esports, what would you be doing? Is this like a dream or is this like more of <laughs> no reality? I want to okay, hear reality. reality. <laughs> um, I'm really, I'm really, really into being creative. Um, I love fashion. Um, I like, I like you said, I was a graphic designer uh, before, so I would probably be super interested in getting into fashion or just some sort of advertising, marketing, something like that. Somewhere okay. I can use my creative side more. I can't imagine FaZe Nikon sitting at a desk in an ad agency. For no. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I swear that is all like right, right until I um, started making content. I was at my computer 24 seven, either gaming or just designing random stuff. That's dope. Look at you now. <laughs> all right. Uh, Daryl, I got one for you here. Um, are there any industries or brands that you look to as an example of how you market your products to cast an authentic wide cultural net. Wow. Well, yeah, there's a laundry list. Um, you know, some of them are, you know, the obvious and usual suspects, you know, you look at Nike, they just have had a heritage of always landing in the right cultural lanes. Um, but you know, I look at like fear of God and, and what, um, what's going on there. I look at John Elliott and what he's doing in the fashion space, uh, with Dawit and, 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 is doing with public school. Um, they're, I mean, they're just brands that are landing in the right places and spaces that stay culturally relevant, but stay out on the edge where, you know, you, you have a little bit of a, a, a chase 
that's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at FaZe. Uh, that the, your entire crew, Nikon, is 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 right there when it comes to not only creativity but bridging the gap between gaming creativity and the cultural universe. And so when I when mm-hmm. I look at those types of brands, I'm I'm patterning what we're trying to do at HP um, and what we're doing with Omen after those same kind of basic tenets. We're going to apply our own yeah. special sauce, but it is looking at what these guys have been doing and, and, and continue to do. I got, a, I got a great question that segues right off of that. Um, and this could be for either of you. Do you see esports getting as big and popular as like, you know, pillars like the NBA or skateboarding? And I want to add to that, if you do see it getting as big, do you see that as potentially a problem? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would be crazy if I said no to that. Um, I mean, there's there's last year in 2019, there was an event for League of Legends and it had like 3.9 million viewers. And we just had the Fortnite World Cup last summer or last spring, I think. And um, it, was, we, it was in New York in a total sold out stadium, a huge prize pool. Um, so, and, and again, like this is just starting. Like uh-huh. there's so much more to be added to this. And I think even esports is just its own side of gaming. Um, and I think that ha- that has so much more room to, to grow. So, I mean, 100%, yeah. I mean, you see all these basketball players, football players, and everybody, they're all getting involved in gaming. So I don't, I don't see a reason why, why it couldn't. And I don't, I don't think it's going to become a problem. I think, if anything, it's going to be really good for society just because Especially now, I feel like since COVID and all that, I think that a lot more people are going to start being more cautious on what events they're going to, like if they're going to go to Coachella, if they're going to go to EDC, if they're going to go do this. And I just think gaming is a good fix for all this stuff. Yeah, because I wonder, like, I remember when um, when skateboarding was growing and it started to get big and, and there was like the X Games coming, there was like the an original crew of skateboarders that was just like yeah. hating on all the success. Does that happen in, in esports and gaming? Um, are you, are you talking about like gamers hating on it or? Yeah. Like, yeah. Haters. No, I mean, there's haters and there's haters everywhere. There's haters in fashion. There's haters in gaming. There's haters everywhere. You can walk outside and see one, but I mean, I, the thing with gaming is that we don't really let it affect us. It's a part of it. You know, like the competitive trash talk is a part of gaming. Um, so I think, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm yeah. used to it. It's easy for me. So I don't know. Daryl, I assume from your perspective, the bigger, the better. Absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, history doesn't necessarily, um, history repeats itself, right? If you think about um, what basketball is at the Rucker or 4th Street, but then there's basketball that is on the hardwood. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's asphalt and there's hardwood. You think about skate and what happened with, uh, with X Games and that kind of thing. It didn't take away from folks that are about street um, Mm -hmm. versus big air. It's right. just the expansion of a platform. And it, now it's just as mainstream as everything. And it has permeated culture. It has permeated fashion. It is, it is a lifestyle in and of itself. So that's what, that's what I think is happening with gaming as well. You're going to have the World Cups and competitive spaces, but you're going to have a casual um, gaming community that will watch and enjoy, but then compete on their own levels. And, and it's mm-hmm. just going to continue to grow. So I don't think what we're going to see with gaming is any different than what we've seen with any cultural phenomenon over the course of the last, you know, two, three decades. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, sorry, I just wanted to add one more thing. And also another, another thing that a lot of people don't understand with gaming is that there is a huge 
amount of the casual gamer, way more than the competitive gamer. So yeah. I think either yeah. way, it's going to, it balances it out. Yeah. There's probably a lot more casual gamers than like casual basketball players or casual. Yeah, definitely. For yeah, sure. I yeah. agree. Agree. Yeah. Um, you know what else is, I find unique is, and I've been to a couple of esports events, but like the female contingency of the community is huge, like way more than in traditional sports. What role do you see female gamers playing in the rise of the industry? I think um, with gaming being looked at as a girl gamer, like back in the day, like, oh, you're not as good. You don't know what you're doing, blah, blah. You can't hold the controller, this, that. And I think I think that's just been jumped on. I think it's gone. Um, we have people like, I know Pokimane. I don't know if you guys have heard of her before. Mm -hmm. um, Valkyrie, all these huge um, content creators and players. And honestly, these girls, these girls are better than Fortnite than me. So... Mm -hmm. I think we, I mean, we have Ewok in phase. She's a super, super young girl um, and she's deaf and she is killing it. Like she wow. is better than so many people at this game. And it's just super inspiring. Your mental stamina, those types of things, they're not based on physicality. So you can't say male versus female when it comes to who can get down, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's what's going to allow for, um, you know, a, a, an equal playing field and what you're going to see are some of the examples that Nikon just talked about where um, female gamers are just going to be blazing trails and the opportunities yeah. become limitless. Right. And there's no like rules or regulations that separate by gender in gaming. Right? No, like, even um, if there was like a sick female basketball player, like she can't just enter the NBA. There's like a separate right. WNBA, you know, so which mm -hmm. is kind of archaic and old. Yeah, that, that just goes back to what I was saying before. Like, there's no, there's zero discrimination in gaming. Like, I mean, obviously, in different areas there is, but I'm just talking about, like, how if you're a girl, if you're a guy, if you're black, white, it doesn't matter what you are. Like, it, it doesn't affect it at all. So I think that's something super special about gaming, and um, I love that. I love that part of it for sure. Yeah. All right. I got another great question here. Um, and I'd like to hear this from two different sides. So Nikon, uh, someone asked, can you tell us about some of your current gaming habits? Like what does your day-to-day -day training look like? Sure. Um, so recently I've been, I've been more focused on working on content. Um, but if I am gaming, I'll wake up in the morning. I will literally just hop on all day with my friends and I'll just be playing nonstop until I physically just can't anymore or until I get hungry or whatever. Um, but I usually take like an hour break in between and then I'll just keep playing unless like, again, like I'm a content creator, so I'll play just to make some videos here and there, um, which makes me much more focused. Um, when I'm doing that, it's, if you come in my door, I'm going to be going crazy. So don't walk in and interrupt me at all. I don't want to get angry. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I'm the thing with gaming, like I said, like I'm just like anyone else, you know, like I'm playing to have fun. So I just feel like a lot of, a lot of people are doing the same thing when they're playing games or just having a good time. Is there, do you incorporate any like actual physical regimen into your, into your training? Um, yeah. Like how do I you mean, just not be 250 pounds? Yeah. Like, so it's crazy. I, I mean, three, two years ago, I weighed like 340 pounds. I lost 130 what? pounds. Yeah. Are you I lost serious? almost 130, 140 pounds. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I just kind of realized that like, if this is what I'm going to be doing, I can't, I can't be overweight. And 
that's another thing that I try to push to my fan base a lot is just because you're sitting down gaming doesn't mean that you need to eat McDonald's and have a Mountain Dew and have all this stuff. Um, healthy eating is definitely something that I am passionate about and that I really try to push to the gaming scene. Word. Daryl, I want to I wanna flip the question to you. You've worked at some really uh, incredibly big global organizations, Nike, Beats, uh, Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. What are some sort of like day-to-day life hacks that you do to like improve on your management skills, efficiency, like share with us some of the wisdom. Well, you know, I always think things through the lens of the consumer because ultimately that's what I still am, right? I might be, you know, telling stories for a living. I might be representing brands, building campaigns and that kind of thing, but I'm always thinking about it through the lens of the consumer, right? I still get up at seven o'clock and see what drops are happening. You know, I still go online and look at um, what collabs are coming, right? And I try to take those types of things and translate them into, well, what do I want the consumer to feel, think, and do when it comes to, to my brand? That's been the case, where, whether I was at Beats or, or at Nike or with Jordan, um, and even going all the way back to Boost Mobile, way back in the day. It was all about Ooh. what's important to the consumer. <laughs> where right? are you at? Yeah, where are you at? There you go, see? Um, and I think that's, that's, that's the thing that actually gets me excited is, Will I, would, would I be excited about this work if I was a consumer? And if the answer is no, mm-hmm. then I need to rethink my work. If the answer is yes, then that's when right. I'm going to push forward. That's dope. Um, I, got a, I, I got a business of hype question for you, Nikon. Yep. What, uh, what other avenues of income or ventures have eSport gamers looked at to explore their professional career? Like, how else are, are you guys making money? Um, I mean, other than gaming, we, we have our own clothing lines. Um, we work with huge brands um and we get endorsements for that obviously that's the thing with gaming it opens up so many doors for us um it's not we're not ever just really worried about not being able to have some sort of income um and i think that as time goes on it's going to keep opening more doors um just like the nba players you know like they'll retire and they'll start opening up they'll start companies they'll start working with different brands um and doing like panels and things like that so i just feel right. like even doing like event appearances um commercials or ads or there's there's so many different ways that we yeah. can make money for sure get get that oprah money man yeah <laughs> uh there's a question for me but i actually like to flip it and, and get you guys take on it as well um jeff being a vanguard in the fashion space does the rise of gaming remind you of any other cultural phenomenon that you've witnessed uh, yeah. And what what this reminds me of is actually back when I started Staple in the 90s, you know, hip hop culture was really getting into fashion. Right. So you had like the, the rock awares and the Sean Johns were really blown up. And I remember everyone in the industry kept saying, like, this fad, this trend will end like hip hop will die. It, it'll it'll fizzle out. It, it looks hot right now. It looks like it's going to be here forever, but it's going to fizzle out. And look at us today, you know. So I'm wondering if you guys feel the same way where you hear people saying like, yeah, gaming's real trendy right now. It is, you know, but like, how do you how do you answer that? Well, my two cents is that's what they say about every emerging cultural phenomenon is that it's a trend. Some stick, but most of them actually stand the test of time, especially when they're rooted in something meaningful. Right. Um, You think about hip hop music Well, you can go all the way back to rock and roll. You can keep going all the way back. And there's always been someone who's going to stand in the way of progress because they don't get it. Right. Um, And, you know, the fact of the matter is whether you get it or not, if it if it has a a strong um, 
following in a strong root system, it's going to stand the test of time. It will reinvent yeah. over time, but it will stand the test of time. Gaming is a perfect example of that. Nikon, do you have to keep answering to critics like about people who think like, you know, this is this is a fad? I mean, I just choose to ignore it. Like you can just look at the look at the numbers and, and right. just see. <laughs> you just you just, just show see. them your bank account, you just like hold up your Yeah, your I mean you can just you can just like I mean just look at the numbers of viewership, look at the numbers of the money that people are making, just everything. I don't I don't think it's if people are hating on us now and saying that this is gonna fail, then they're they're just being Ignorant. Missing the mark. I mean, think about it. You go all the way back to the days of Nintendo, right? Yeah. Gaming has been around for for decades. It's yeah. just actually seeing an explosive growth now because technology is caught up and culture has yeah. gotten a um, a glimpse of what it can be. So it's it hasn't just all of a sudden just showed up in the past few years. It's been around for a long time. And it's Nico, funny because the, the same the same people who are hating and saying that stuff are the people who go home and play. So it's right. just like what, like, what are you even doing? Nikon, did you have to convince like your family members early on about your career choice? Like, was that a hard decision? For- Dude, so I have a little story. Um, I was making decent money from graphic design uh, when I was in high school and just before I went to college. So I got my own apartment. Um, I'm from Toronto. I got my own apartment in Toronto. And um, my sister started working pretty close. So I was like, listen, you can just move in with me. The winters are crazy. I don't want you like driving a couple hours. Um, So she moved in with me. And then my dad was like in between houses. So he was living with me. And I sort of realized after like a week of being in college, I was like, oh my God, like I cannot be here. Like this is just not it. So I would, and my, my family was super strict on me going to school. Um, I would wake up every morning at seven and I would leave the house with my dad and my sister. And then I would go on the bus and I'd just do a little loop and just come back home, while, wait for them for them to be gone and just sit down and start grinding again and just playing games and um, doing designs and stuff. So Damn. yeah, it, it definitely was super hard for me to, to explain it. And again, I just feel like gaming still isn't to the point where it's understandable for everybody, especially the business side of it. So even my mom now, um, it's a little bit hard for her to understand. But I mean, if she sees me doing well and she sees me happy, then she's being super supportive. So Right. It's a crazy world and not everyone gets it. Yeah, exactly. Well, fellas, uh, this has been an absolutely amazing talk. It's just amazing to see how gaming has transformed from being, like you said, Daryl, like a solo activity that happens in a basement to now being this virtual global hangout with you know legitimate social gathering points you know platforms like twitch live streams even this very virtual talk that we're having all plays into this so it's really amazing to be a part of this uh emerging lifestyle thank you again for tuning in everyone stay safe stay healthy wear the masks peace out y'all thanks again later yeah of course Hey, thanks for listening to this special live panel discussion with Daryl Butler of HP and FaZe Nikon of FaZe Clan. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please do me a solid and leave a rating and a comment to tell us what you think of the show. We now have over 600 reviews and a five-star rating. And if you have any friends that are into gaming or the business of gaming, tell them about this episode. I think they're going to really enjoy it. We also occasionally answer listener questions on the show. So if you have a question, 
shoot it over to me on the comments and I'll try to answer them on a future episode. Also, if you have any questions for me, you can follow me at Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Jeff Staple. Our associate producer is Christina Hong. And as always, you can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. This episode was recorded in the comfort of my own home thanks to social distancing measures and the fact that this talk was done completely virtually. You can see this on video along with everything else at omendunderground.com. I'm Jeff Staple, and this is the Business of Hype on Hypebeast Radio.